Welcome to Motherhood Exposed. Join me, Zoe Cresswell, mum of two and a UK-trained midwife and doula, as I meet with an array of amazing women navigating life and motherhood. Since becoming a mum for the second time, after my own complex journey, I've become more and more aware that motherhood is so unique. There's no one story the same, and women need support now more than ever. I hope by allowing mothers to openly speak out, we can help to break the silence around many topics. We need to shout out that there is no normal, and that is something we need to embrace. Motherhood isn't always picture perfect, so let's bust some myths, realign expectations, and share the journey together. Hello, welcome to another episode of Motherhood Exposed. Today, I am speaking to the absolute powerhouse that is Shakira Akabusi. Shakira is a speaker podcast host and women's health trainer who shares endless incredible content on her social media, educating and celebrating the brilliance that is the female body. She's also a mother of four, yes, four young children, Rio six, Ezra two and Asha and Aria seven month old twins, which really shows if she can find time to squeeze in a workout, then really none of us have an excuse. Hi Shakira, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you so much for coming on. And bless you, you're in your workout gear because you've just done an Insta Live, haven't you? <laughs> I have, exactly, yeah. I quickly finished and I was like... <gasps> yeah, I had to <laughs> get the breathing under control before I talk to you. Thank you. Grab some breakfast or... Is it breakfast? No, you must have had breakfast. No, 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 no. no. Yeah, no, we're at yeah. breakfast time now. Grab breakfast and then come back. Thank you. I really, really appreciate you speaking to me. And and I know the kids are kind of like running around the house and you're sort of you look like you're hidden in a cupboard, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually not. I'm in the spare room, but I do sometimes hide away in weird places. They yeah. I used to hide in the downstairs bathroom, but they figured that one. No. So then I tried to hide like behind the washing machine door, but they figured that out. So I've got no escape. So now I'm just out in the open in the spare room hoping. Oh no my gosh. Comes I, in. I had this moment the other day where I was um it's a bit too much information. I was on the toilet and my two kids, <laughs> uh, seven and one, had grabbed like a, a like a box of blocks and they put them on the floor at my feet while I was sitting on the toilet. And I was like, guys, can we not just... <laughs> and then I might go downstairs and then the dog comes in as well and he's massive. He's like, oh, hi. <laughs> I'm like, can I, leave me I know. If ever I get to like, because I, I love to exercise, I know you do. And if I go for a run, if I can have a shower by myself, that's a bonus. Because yeah. usually if you've used the time for a run, you come back and you're straight into like parent life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, if I can grab a shower on my own, it's really good. Because usually when I'm showering, there's a baby on the floor or both babies are on the floor. And then usually someone will come in, like you said, to go for a poo, which is great. And then I'm yeah. in the bathroom and it's like... There's too much going on and I'm trying to have a relaxing shower. Oh, God forbid you want to have a poo in peace as well. I know. I've I've discovered the way to do it is go for a run early and then the kids will probably be up and then I sneak upstairs before they recognise that I'm in the, realise I'm in the house, have the shower, come downstairs. I'm like, hi! (laughs) But then myself, they're like, where did you come from? That's amazing. (laughs) Anyway, that's enough about me. So, um, Shakira, I always start the um, podcast asking how you met your husband, which is Tom, is that right? That's it, yeah. So, what's the story? Can you remember? (laughs) I, I certainly can. We've been together for a very long time. My husband, he hates the start of this story because I went to school with his sister and he used to come and play hockey, field hockey, um, like at our school, on our school grounds. And everyone loved him. It was literally like, oh, like they 
he's told you know everyone would run down and I was like my gosh you know 12 13 14 and I thought oh he was just amazing and then fast forward a couple of years and he long story short we were in California um my dad used to be an athlete he used to train in California so we still have a little um condo there a little apartment and we were staying there he was on his gap year so he was 18 and he'd run out of money couldn't fi- stay in a hostel so he said to his sister oh, can I stay with your friend and I was like yes you can stay with me <laughs> So, so he came to stay and um and and that was great. and it was like it was it was a really amazing however long like a week that he was with us because it was it was like a holiday romance you know your kids and yeah everything. we were in California on holiday it was it was amazing but were your and parents we there back. like watching everything my 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 mum was there yeah my parents had divorced at that point we kept the um house but so my mum was there and um he yeah I mean gosh we didn't get up to like crazy stuff on that holiday but he came that's what, that's where, that's where like the romance started as it was um but I always say with my husband and, and I'm not I mean our relationship is by no means picture perfect and when people hear that we've been together so long you know, since I was 16 years old and I'm now 33 it's by no means this like rosy amazing relationship every relationship's got their challenges but I'm I'm not even trying to be cheesy. The first time I ever saw him when I was actually I walked past him playing football and I, I had never met him, didn't even, it wasn't even friends with his sister at that stage. And I literally saw him and I thought to myself, it sounds so ridiculous. I thought to myself, I'm gonna marry that man. I literally Yay. thought I am going, yeah, I literally thought I'm gonna marry you. And you know, we have had some highs and some lows as kids. We've been together when we were young, you know. Yeah. So it's not been a straight road, but I thought to myself, I'm going to marry him and and then I did and now we have four children oh my gosh so when did you get yeah. married so we got married eight uh nine nine and a half years ago. we always forget <laughs> our anniversary gosh, I know, there's too many kids um next year no, that's no, no, this of, year that's like this a meeting anniversary an actual anniversary probably an engagement anniversary plus your yeah. four children that's that's a lot of dates to hold <laughs> a lot of dates no but it's our 10 year anniversary this year in that's a big one yay July. <laughs> It's a big one. It's a big one. Yeah, it's a big one. Oh, so we're going to try to remember that one. Good. Go for it. Go. What is that? I don't know. I'm not that far on. Is that? I've no idea, but we're lucky if we remember. L- last year on our <laughs> nine year anniversary, I woke up at 5am and I saw the date and I was like, oh, and then I went into him and I said, Tom, look at, look at, look at my phone. And he looked at my phone and he was like, yeah. And I said, what does it say? He said, it said like 2am or whatever time it was, 6am. <laughs> and I said, yeah, but under that, what does the date say? And he looked at the date and he was like, Oh, S H I D. He was like, no. <laughs> Happy anniversary. Well, it's kind of it's okay if you both forget, though. I think that that's acceptable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but this year we we got to remember. It's terrible. No, the romance no. is gone. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about four children. How? Oh, well, how, do you know what? Actually, we've just been to the beach, my husband and I, and we were looking at this family, and they had four children, and we just we were just gawping at them. We're like, how? How? Like, we have two children, and there's a big age gap, so it's not you know it's much easier to manage in that respect. Of one is capable and can do everything, mm. the other one can't. But these were four young children, similar to yours. <laughs> I'm just like, how? How do you? How do you function from day to day? Like, how does your day look? And do you know what? Four you know, actually isn't so bad. <laughs> no, don't, don't, don't be. Um, I, I would love to pretend that I'm just superwoman, but actually four is not so bad. I always say number one for me was the toughest. It was a big shock to the system. I didn't realize the demand, you know, that, that the demand that never goes away. You know, once you've got a yeah. child, the protectiveness that you feel and the, 
the yeah just the need to care for them it, it doesn't stop you know I, I even when I'm asleep at night half of my brain is thinking I need to keep them safe you know so it's like <laughs> the number one was definitely the biggest surprise and challenge and actually four is um is yeah four is four is is fine four is is not so bad um I, oh, I think as well sorry one second I think as well um the first the older two you know can play together yeah so, so if the how, twins need anything what's the age of the older two so I've got a six-year-old and then I've got a two-and-a-half-year-old who is the hurricane. I think every family with multiple children has one and he's the one. <laughs> <laughs> and then I've got the twins. Um, and so the twins are seven months. Gosh. But also, you know, with twins, I, I mean, to be fair, I've had a very unique experience of twins to what most people will relate mm -hmm. to because we've been in lockdown. So, yeah. you know, my partner has been there for a huge amount of the time, whereas before he would never have been. Uh -huh. So. Um, that has certainly eased some of the stresses and pressures, you know, to have yeah. him home um, at, at bedtime. You know, he, he is working from home. So he, in the day, he's still um, at work, but he's he's here at dinner time, which before would never have happened. He would have had a commute, you know. So mm -hmm. um, there's been certain things in the lockdown that have made it more manageable. But yeah, four is is not so challenging. I think um, it definitely helps that the older two have each other. Yeah. And what do they think of the twins? Yeah, they love them, thankfully. I, we've not got to the jealousy stage yet, I don't think, because the twins are still so little. So, you know, if my toddler wants something that the twins have got, he takes it. And, you know, we'll say to him, look, you can't do that, blah, blah, blah. you've got to ask. But then obviously the twins always give it. So we've not <laughs> yet got to the bit where the twins are like, no, mine. And then, then mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know. It'll be interesting. What was it like when you found out that you were expecting twins? <laughs> wow! So, oh my gosh, we were. Not... I should say that your head just went into your knees. Then, <laughs> <laughs> memory. I will never. It is the biggest shock of my life, and I, you know, and the whole thing. So, we were not even trying to get pregnant. We to go into to detail. Sorry if my parents ever hear this; they might want to switch off. I'd been at a baby shower with a group of girlfriends. And they were all talking, someone there started talking about crazy tantric sex. And I was like, well, oh, that's not me. You know, I've never, I'm not that adventurous, blah, 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 blah. I went home and I was like, oh, maybe <laughs> we should try something really crazy. Like, oh, let's light a candle. So anyway, so we we're like, oh, okay, let's be really adventurous. So we had this one night of really like, oh, let's be very bohemian. And then I was pregnant. And so we were <gasps> not trying. I thought I'd tracked my ovulation dates. But I'm oh, sorry, I can just hear something. Um, so I thought I had tracked my Hiding. ovulation days. Yeah, do you want to go to the bathroom? <laughs> thought I had my kids, I'm hiding it. Um, so, so I think you were literally <laughs> cowering behind the door. <laughs> this is hilarious. Um, I thought I had tracked my ovulation. Obviously, I hadn't. So the biggest shock, number one, was when I had this period tracker, it kept moving my period like back a day. And for about a week, I was like, it's my period tomorrow, it's my period tomorrow. And then I was like, wait. I think I've been saying it's my period tomorrow for like a week or 10 days. This isn't right. Anyway, I took a pregnancy test. I was pregnant. Could not believe it. I was like, what? Okay, right. Crazy. And then went to the scan and I had an early scan. And the woman said, oh, you know, here, I see a yolk sac. And, blah, blah, blah. and I was like, yeah, I, I know. I know the drill. This is my third time. I, I get it. Like, okay, we're good to go. Great. And then she's like, well, over here, I see another yolk sac. <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> 
And I said, F off two babies. And I don't really swear, but I was like, F off two babies. And she said, she was like, yeah, two babies. And I burst out crying. And uh, the crying was not to do with having the twins. That was, that was fine. I was, I was totally fine with the idea of two babies. But for me, it was the idea of the morning sickness. And I, I get really sick anyway. Oh, and my no. mum had been pregnant with twins that hadn't made it. And she always told me in that first trimester how sick she was. And um, that suddenly panicked me. I was like, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to survive it because I've got a phobia of being sick anyway. And I oh, had no. tough experience. Yeah. So then the whole first trimester, if I'm honest, I didn't enjoy it. I just had to get through I, I was just in survival mode you know I just had to survive that period and everyone is different I know women who have been pregnant with twins or triplets and breathe through but to me um that was that was a tough time wow and that must have been really particularly hard as well because your youngest at the time was was actually still quite young um, and- yeah exactly he was young and my mum always says now she's like you cannot have any more children because my mum's life had to stop and she basically just and and this was just before when I came out of my third trimester was when we went into the first lockdown sort of the beginning of my second trimester mm-hmm. and um my mum but you know kind of like things this, were, this time last year then isn't it is that right yeah, yeah yeah so well this time last year was when we started to go into lockdown so yeah. it was, I just oh, coming out over sorry Christmas. sorry yeah yeah yeah, over Christmas, I was really unwell. And as I said, my mum's life basically just had to pause because she was, I, I, I couldn't. And people would say, well, if you really need to, you could, you know, you would just look after children. I was like, no, no, I wouldn't. I, I really Aww. could not function. It was, it was a really, uh, I still don't feel totally comfortable taking myself back to that place. It was so, for me, it was a real challenge. Wow. You know, it's something I've fortunately not ever had to experience, but in a really naive, stupid way, whenever I get a little bit nauseous, if I've got a tummy bug or something, I, I do try to think back, think to people who suffer from morning sickness or from um, gestational, sorry, uh, hyperemesis or anything like that. And mm-hmm. just think, oh my gosh, how, how do you function on a, on a, like a daily basis, feeling like this every single day for unlimited amounts of days it must be so so hard well and that's the thing it's the relentlessness it's the fact that you know it doesn't matter if it's 2 a.m 2 p.m 1 a.m 7 p.m 7 a.m 9 p.m you are just I just felt sick 24 7 oh, I, no. I opened my eyes I felt sick closed my eyes felt sick, sick eating not eating it, you know and I don't want to scare anyone because it's not like that for every woman. Some women no, just, of course not, no. you know, don't experience anything. Some women have a bit of sickness and get over it. A friend of mine, she would always feel really nauseous in the evening, be sick. And then was like, I'm fine now. And nothing, you know? So whereas for me, it just went on and on and on. And, and I really struggled with that. I also, I had this very rare pregnancy symptom that I didn't actually realize was a thing until this time because I thought this is weird that I'm getting it every time and since then I've done my research and it is a real um symptom for some women that I um I I get extra mucus don't know if you've ever yeah, experienced no, no, that no, yeah no extra saliva is um quite a common well yeah so I didn't know about this and I honestly I had to have a spit cup and I I cannot tell you I and mean, it sounds it's as disgusting as it sounds <laughs> but I would have, I just have to walk around with a bottle and just spit into the bottle the whole time and I I mean I can't tell you how much I filled that bottle throughout the day it was it is awful oh, wow. but 
yeah it's just horrible and I remember my sister got us tickets to go to the theatre and I was like okay I have to go I have to go to this I have to drag myself out of bed to this and I went and the whole time I mean and I would just have cups theatre cups just lined oh, up no. of my chair <laughs> so it was so <laughs> awful it was so horrible and, and as awful as it is to hear to to produce that amount of saliva is no I know exactly it's all to say the first trimester for me was not a radiant <laughs> experience some people are like oh you're glowing I was not I was not oh. one of those women gosh and then so obviously you're a personal trainer that's it yeah and when did you when when did you start doing your PT Oh my gosh, my PT. So I used to be a musical theatre and then I had an operation on my vocal cords that went wrong. So I couldn't sing anymore. So I left that industry, oh, retrained wow. in just um, as a PT. You've said that in a very, a very matter of fact way. I can't imagine that was matter of fact at all. Yeah, I mean, the difficult thing was that I trained my whole life to, to work in an industry, which I started working and then I had to leave it. So obviously that's a big upheaval, but... I always knew I loved to sing. I didn't necessarily love the theatre industry okay. as much as as you need to love it to yeah. be in it. And for me, you know, I, the the idea of losing my singing voice that is something that I'm really sad about. You know, but I always wanted to have a family, and and that life is not necessarily that compatible. Not to say it can't work, but it's a challenge because you're working at you know, 7 p.m. Yeah. till 10 p.m. every day. Yeah, yeah. And then you get home. So it was it was really tricky. So, I, you know, it was it was OK. It was fine. And I I just what was important to me was that I was able to be creative. So I retrained in being a personal trainer and then um, I set up Strong Like Mum. And that has really saved me in terms of my mental health because it's been such a positive outlet for me because I can be creative with it and yeah. connect with other like-minded women and you know I love creating the content that I do on social media or whatever um and so yes yeah, so I've been training I've been PTing and then I specialize in pre and postnatal um exercise so I gosh, when did I do my pre and postnatal so before my son was born so about eight nine years now I've been specializing in pre and postnatal and then I became a PT just before that amazing so just over a decade so sorry I wanted I was sort of going to, to sort of ask you about how was it um training with the twins because obviously that's very different to to training with a singleton pregnancy yeah absolutely so with the twins I had to um reduce the intensity of my exercise much earlier on so I was still able to be active and I was active right up until the week before they were born uh, where I developed like preeclamptic symptoms so right up until that last week, I was still keeping active, but just massively reducing my exercise. So um, things like taking the impact out, you know, I wasn't jumping. Um, things like keeping exercises elevated. So if you were to look at like a plank exercise, for example, and you're doing it just flat onto the floor, if you lift up your chest onto a surface, so you place your hands or your elbows, wherever you're doing, however you're doing your plank, onto a chair or a bench, and that elevation takes some of that pressure off your core. So all of those sorts of amendments I was mm -hmm. doing just to reduce the intensity of my exercise. But I was still able to keep active for quite a long time. Good. And how was social media? Were they kind to you during that period? They were, yeah, for the most part. Yeah. Um, the first trimester, I was pretty absent on social media. Um, but it was great. What I love about and, I, you know, I, I understand social media has pros and cons. But for me, I've managed to connect with a very positive, real group of women. And 
it's I find it really empowering you know I find it empowering to celebrate their success but also to see their challenges mm-hmm. and you know to work through that with people and I think it's important that we see both I do think it's important that we allow women to celebrate their success and don't you know, if someone posts a selfie where they look beautiful, I don't, you know, sometimes we can have a real issue with women, you know, you'll be like, that's not real, you know, blah, blah, blah. but actually sometimes it's great to celebrate the fact that a woman is feeling great, feeling body confident or has achieved something and her work success. And then, but it's also important to share, you know, areas where we've struggled. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's what I've really loved. Postnatally, again, the majority, 99.9% have been amazing. Obviously, you get that 0.1% who've got to have their say. And um, I think this year has been a challenge for many people in many ways. Um, And I, again, I found that the community that I've connected with have made me feel really empowered, whether we're talking about race or body confidence or Mm -hmm. however. And Mm -hmm. I feel very much supported by the community I've I've, uh, connected with on social media, definitely. Amazing. So I wanted to talk about your postnatal um kind of uh, input that you've done on social media because you've been so um sorry I hate to say you've been so real but you have you've you've, <laughs> you've you know you've you've been very um you've, you've shown the real journey you've shown your body in all in all its changes and and how it is now with you've not mentioned once about bouncing back or anything like that which is absolutely awful we all hate that so yeah. I wanted to talk to you a bit about why you've done that why why you've um why you've shown yourself with without a flat stomach and you know you're showing you've shown your body as it's recovering postnatally in real real time in real terms because you're a real woman yeah um why did I do that I mean to me I think we need to without sounding cliche when I say we need to normalize it you know you Mm -hmm. hear that phrase all the time but I, I get a lot of praise on social media actually so people always praise me on social media for showing things like my tummy that isn't flat and the first thing I would say is I get a lot of praise for it. So it's not, you know, if it, I think it's very different if you are entering an environment where you know you're going to be judged for something and standing up and saying, I'm going to say this anyway. Of Yes, I'm going to be judged. But as I said, I've managed to connect with a really positive group of women. So I, I post in confidence, you know, knowing that the majority of the feedback I'm going to have is going to lift, lift me up in that moment. So, you know, there's an element of me understanding that of, of everyone understanding that I've got this really positive environment, you know? Mm. Um, and then I would also say that for me, I think we need to normalize it. So all that, the comments that I get about, you're so brave and wow, thanks so much for sharing. All of that really needs to go and it needs to not be brave. It needs to be normal. Yeah. You know, we need to be seeing this all the time because that's what it is. That mm. is it's just the female body. There's actually nothing brave about it or nothing weird. About it. That is just what it is. That is just what it is you know and and whether we're talking about physical health or mental health I think I certainly always feel um really grateful when someone shares something that really resonates with me so for example very recently I was in a discussion with someone and I asked them about um to talk about uh we were talking about how to have a positive postnatal experience and we were talking about um sex life with your partner Mm -hmm. and she said oh she talked about feeling touched out and I'd never come across this phrase before she said you know know, I was actually going to ask you about that (laughs) oh yeah okay so she talked about that and she was saying right you know she said when you're you know pregnancy labor in particular and and the postnatal period can be a very 
physically sometimes invasive process for a woman, you know, whether you've had an assisted delivery or a cesarean, they are literally in my organs, you know, and then afterwards you're having injections or checkups or all this type of stuff. And then you're, if you're breastfeeding and you've got to, you know, sit there half naked and all this, and then my other children were climbing on me and I really felt totally oversaturated with touch that that sense was just at max capacity so then in the evening it's really difficult to have a physical relationship with your partner because you're like I just want space I actually just need space Mm -hmm. and she spoke about that and I never heard it before and it was one of those light bulb moments where I was like oh my goodness thank goodness you have told me that because that to me, you know, because sometimes your partner think, what have I done wrong? Sometimes yeah. you think, oh my gosh, is this, is this the end of our sex life? We're never going to have sex again. You know? And you just question all these things. And I, I really couldn't understand what I was going through myself. And I very rarely experienced that. And she spoke about that. And I thought that resonates so much. And that's really helped. And then she was talking about, you know, ways to start to introduce small um, amounts of intimacy with your partner, just to start to make that part of your routine again, and then build back up to a sex life. And it's just, that was a game changer for me. And I think, you know, whether that we were obviously talking about feeling touched out, but for me, talking about the female body, if it could help someone else realize, actually, do you know what? It's okay that my scar looks like that. It's okay that I have that little pouch or, you know, other women experience this, other women's stomachs isn't flat because, you know, also I I could take a photo and if I pose in the right angle with the right lighting, I'm going to look one way. And Mm -hmm. if I show it without lighting and it's not very Instagrammable, it's going to look another way. And I think we need to show that because so often we are, there was a dove, sorry, this is such a long answer. No, it's brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Love Dove, it all. Did a study. Dove did a study where they um over here they put a picture um in in Euston or Waterloo a big train station in London big poster of this beautiful looking woman she was beautiful white blonde hair um she was in athletic gear athletic build clean crisp white t-shirt holding a yoga mat and a baby and it said is this the perfect mother or something like is you know this mum's perfect something about that And there was loads of uproar and loads of backlash. And then 24 hours later, they came up with a statement. They said, this isn't actually a real person. This is um, artificial intelligence. (gasps) And it's built on um, a search of what people search for as perfect, what people perceive as perfect based on images online. And we've compiled all that information to put together this image. And then with that, they released a study. And nine out of 10 new mothers were saying that they felt that they needed to be perfect based on images they were seeing online. And that is a very long way of me saying, (laughs) you know, we see these types of things all the time and, and it's expected that that is the norm. Whereas actually the norm is so different. And as I said, that's not to say that we can't celebrate another woman's success. And it's not to say that we can't feel empowered as I do online, you know, supporting other women through that, I think is really important, but we need to be able to share that this is the reality. You know, this this is also the reality and um and and just making women aware of that that's awesome thank you that's such a good answer and, <laughs> no it's amazing I'll roll up the scroll <laughs> you ask me a question I'm like here we go <laughs> so I've settled in it's lovely but you, you mentioned a little bit about um your pouch or a pouch um poses arian and I, I was just gonna say i love that post i actually sent it to a friend because uh, she was asking me about it because i've had two cesareans as well she was asking me about the pouch da, 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 da. so actually your post came up literally the next day so i forwarded it on to her um because it's oh, cool. really good because you know that's something we never really talk about something nobody really knows about um so mm. do you want to sorry do you want to explain what i'm going on about? 
No, no, no. You, you go for it. I've talked enough. You go. No, no. This is all about you. This is nothing about me. But the little, the little kind of lump of fatty um, scar tissue underneath your your cesarean mm-hmm. scar, which um, is very pronounced in the in the early days, um, and eventually sort of does settle down, is the bit I'm talking about. But maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. always go. I, I'm not sure mine has gone completely. If I'm honest, it's still. Well, when you have like, you know, when you've got, when you're working with scar tissue like that, it's naturally going to pull in at the scar tissue, um, you know, which is, it's, it's going to have a slightly different texture to the rest of your skin, Mm. but um, that pouch So I, I had that pouch. I had not expected it. Didn't know, you know, I'm not a woman's health physio. Were were the twins your first cesareans? Yeah, they're my first cesarean. So my other deliveries were a vaginal delivery and then I had the twins. And um, the recovery process from that was just eye-opening because there's only so much you can learn from a book to actually experience what it feels like to have to stand up when you've had a cesarean in those early days was, Mm. you know, an experience that I really now value actually because it's given me an insight to Mm. working with women that I wouldn't have had before. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, so, so yeah, so this pouch, you know, I'm not a women's health physio, so I hadn't expected that. And I've now worked with women's health physios and I've now done my own research. And now I understand a lot more about that. Um, But I had to contact a women's health physio and I was like, will this ever go? What does this mean? Like, and you know, it's a, I think it's natural. It's a natural part of swelling. It's a natural um, part of the healing process and the recovery process. I'm seven months postnatal now. And as you said, I shared a post, I think the post you're referring to is where I showed sort of the progression images of my scar. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so there's been a massive improvement there now. And uh, yeah, I would, I would say it's pretty much gone to be honest. Um, but I am seven months post postnatal and there are still things I'm working through uh, with my stomach, things that with, with, uh, my first two, I recovered much, much quicker, but mm-hmm. with the twins, it's been a different um, process, whether because it's my third pregnancy, whether because it's with twins, whether because it was a cesarean, we had it all going. Probably a bit, all of, it, all of it, really. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But um, but time definitely helps. I mean, I remember my GP saying to me, it takes nine months to grow a baby and nine months to recover. And even past that nine month period, mm-hmm. I mean, with my, with Ezra, oh, my second, I I was probably just about getting to the stage where I was really recovered before I fell pregnant with the twins. And he was two, almost two. Mm-hmm. It's something I've really noticed this time around because um, there's nearly six years between my two. So um, I was, I was much younger <laughs> when I had my son <laughs> and, and I did, I, I, I went back to fitness really quickly and was, and was really fine with that, which was, I guess, um, partly, partly good, um, recovery process, maybe a bit of luck, maybe a bit of, um, mm. you know, fitness beforehand, who knows this time around, it's been such a different experience. And I'm, I'm having to be, I have to talk to myself all the time and talk myself down because I'm just like, just, yeah. just slow down. It's okay. Cause I, I look at things like, well, why I, this time, this time last pregnancy, I was doing this, this and this by now. And now I'm still really way off of all of that and I think um, that's just it isn't it It just every pregnancy is different Um, you've got to just look at everything that has gone into that pregnancy and also the fact is like what number pregnancy is it what what have you been through Mm -hmm. beforehand how old are you what were you doing beforehand what are you doing now la 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 and um and not expecting absolutely uh, the same sort of story just to repeat itself every single time because yeah absolutely doesn't happen (laughs) absolutely and I, I always say to um I talk a lot about on, on my social media about the fact that you can you can be a work in progress but still be proud of yourself. And Absolutely, I think that's really yeah. important because yeah. you know, feeling 
feeling empowered when you know you are like the ideal image of whatever it is that is your ideal image is one thing but being able to feel empowered when you still feel like you're a work in progress is something else and I think you know we have to change the narrative at the moment with the fitness industry and certainly with the pre and postnatal industry and change that um to you know pre-baby body bounce back whatever all that Mm, type mm -hmm. of chat and move it more to really you know forming a deep deep respect for what our bodies have achieved Mm -hmm. and it it is an achievement um and the process that it's been on and the recovery I mean how amazing that you can go through something like a cesarean and a week later even just be on your feet you know like what what it can do the fact that I literally for the first few months of those twins life before they were weaning kept them alive just with breastfeeding the 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 human body the female body is just amazing I I was talking very recently on my social media about the pelvis and the I've been looking at the evolution of the pelvis I mean that is just amazing how the female pelvis has had to sort of be yeah. able to be stable enough to walk but also you know be able to childbirth and it's just I'm just I'm fascinated and as I said we need to form a very deep respect because at the end of it all we were not um we didn't evolve as Instagrammers we evolved as animals <laughs> You know, and so we have to, we have to, um, yeah, we have, we have to respect that. Take it back to our animal instinct. What's real? I I was reading that post this morning actually when I was walking the dog um, with my baby. Had been up all night. He was said, now oh, sleeping no. in the pram. It was awesome. She was having a good nap. Oh, <laughs> so, but I love the fact that you. Um, the fact you wrote that um, if we were to, if it wasn't for the the shape of the of the pelvis, um, and we actually allowed our baby's brains to fully develop before we birthed them, that it would be around twenty one months gestation. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's a long time. <laughs> yeah, it would. It's not even that the brain would be fully developed because I mean that then yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. Like an mm. adult brain. But it's it's if we wanted our you know so a horse for example a baby horse a foal I don't know yeah a, yeah, a yeah foal? I think so. Not a vowel. Not a vowel. Yeah. That's like yeah. a mouse. Is, oh, no, no, not a vowel. A foal. A foal. A foul, okay. a foal. Okay. Yeah. This is not our area of expertise. Right. <laughs> but a baby horse can, can walk within a week. You know, um, monkeys you know, can, from birth, cling on to their parents. And human babies obviously can't do that. Yeah. They can't do much when they're babies. And the reason for that, you know, research suggests that the reason for that is, as you said, because we need to birth the baby. So if we were to birth our babies at the same, if we wanted them to develop at the maturity rate that other animals mature at after birth, they would need to have been in utero for 21 months, Amazing. which is, as you said, you know, up to a year uh, longer than, yeah. than the general pregnancy. And I'm sure there would be a lot less babies in the world if that was the case, because, oh my God. <laughs> oh, no, that is enough. I mean, when I when I found out I had to have the cesarean, I was really bummed out in one way because it wasn't the birthing plan that I had in mind. But on the other hand, they, with uh, my son, the one of the twins, they were like, oh, this twin, great, la, la, la. She was breached. And then they were like, this twin, oh, they were like, oh, his head is rather large. And I was like, um, <laughs> say what? I don't think I want that. No, 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 thank you. Not a large head. I don't need that here today. No, thank um, you. <laughs> yeah. So, so that was a silver lining. Uh, so going back to your um your your PT, what do you think is like the biggest um mistake that uh postnatal ladies make when they try and return to fitness? Oh gosh, the biggest mistake. I mean, going too soon, going too quick is the one thing. So I um I 
I actually feel I have never been stronger than since I had my children before I was nowhere near as strong because actually it was only when I was postnatal that I really took the time mm-hmm. to work on all those deep core exercises which I didn't do before yeah and as a result um I, you know, since having had children, I've run PBs, I've run faster, I've been yeah. stronger, I've been able to do pull-ups, things that I could never do before. Um, so definitely to release that misconception that you're never going to be as strong or as fast or as whatever it is that you want to do, because that, that is not necessarily the case. So I would definitely say, take your time, find like credible, reputable sources that are actually going to have the information that you need. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I guess, I, you know, in terms of mistakes, I think You've got to work on that core stuff. Don't don't underestimate simple things like the power of breathing. Is is it sounds so not real. You know, mm-hmm. it sounds like oh yeah, it's just one of those things that you say. Oh yeah, remember to breathe. But I'm honestly, if you research the breath, there's this fantastic book out by a man called James Nestor. It's called Breath. I'd recommend it to anyone. It is a life changing book. Whether you're a fitness professional or whether you are, um, you know, you are asthmatic or any, to be on anybody, sleep apnea, <laughs> anything. It deals with the breath. Anyone who breathes. Incredible. Yeah. Anyone who breathes <laughs> needs that book. And it's a game changer. And um, it talks a lot about the power of the breath. And it's so important that we work on that because it actually really has a deep impact on your pelvic health, on your core recovery, on your pelvic floor everything you know it changes everything even even right down to someone was asking me about hamstrings yesterday and having tight hamstrings and if we manage to really get work with that optimal breathing technique which is not the normal breathing because normal breathing is far from optimal Mm -hmm. but if you can access that optimal breathing you can actually help realign your pelvis you're going to help your hamstrings so you're not going to have backache or all that type of stuff the breath is the core of it all so you don't underestimate those those things that seem small that aren't yeah. And it can, all, I think also it can feel very frustrating when you're like, right, I'm ready to go. I'm, I've had my baby. Now I want to get fit, fit, fit. And, and then you're just told to sort of lie on the floor and, and do deep breathing or do a few kind of, um, stretches and things. And it can feel like you're, you're not doing anything. Um, but it's, it's the issue of having the patience to allow yourself to do that, to be yeah. able to get. To and I'm not, go. and I'm not even saying you can only do breath work. And you can't do anything else. You know, you can, I, I took, cause I get exactly what you're saying. I understand that feeling of frustration where you want to feel that like you've had a workout mm. and there's still lots of high intensity exercise we can do with no impact, but we need to make sure that we are prioritizing the breath, prioritizing the pelvic floor work and making sure that that is certainly a focus. Amazing. And on a personal level, do you have any fitness goals um, for the future? I have had so many fitness. I have the same New Year's resolutions every year. And then I was on my, so one of them is that I want to be able to do five pull-ups. I don't know if that sounds a lot or a little to people, but to me, my goal is five. I got to three and a half oh. and then I got pregnant with the twins. I know. I was like, right, well, this is, this is ridiculous. I can't do a pull-up now. <laughs> so, um, so that was my goal and that will continue to be a goal. And then I've always, so I used to want to do the splits. I don't think that that's going to be realistic for me, but I certainly need to work on my flexibility because it's one of those things that I just miss out. I just can't be bothered that I feel like I don't have the time. And again, I now know how important that is in terms of, you know, again, if we're talking about the breath, if you don't have a mobile spine or a flexible spine, you're not going to be able to take a deep breath because you're going to be all tight. So we need to make sure that we prioritize flexibility. So I want to make sure that I find more time for that. So both of those things. That's cool. That's amazing. I thought you were going to say, oh, I want to run a, a sub three hour marathon or something. So that's no, 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 no. Me and marathon. Any, I mean, 5K, I can just about do, but I'm dying at the end. It's like <laughs> long distance is no, it's not for me. I used to do track sprints, you know, 100, 200, 300. 
but I mean, the 400 meters is, is already pushing it. It's like Everest. So um, no, no, no marathons here. <laughs> 400 meters. So that kind of like segues quite nicely into the fact I wanted to, if you don't mind, just ask about your dad. But I don't know if that's really yeah. annoying if people ask about your dad all the no, time. No, of course. Go because for it. No. I grew up watching your dad. So <laughs> like, yeah, and I told him, I said, Mum, I'm, I'm, um, I'm speaking to Chris Akapisi's daughter. She's like, oh, my gosh, I love him. <laughs> so um, i'll let him know oh, so he's um, really great until he's telling you off when you're a child and you're like Ooh. is it terrifying oh no yes, yeah. don't tell Both me that it's shatter everything you can't tell I me know. That. <laughs> i know i don't i don't know i won't tell you anything about being told that he never told me off he was just laughing all the <laughs> he time he just laughed exactly <laughs> he had that big smile and just laughed that's it <laughs> no but i was gonna ask so obviously do you think you um the fitness has always just been like a really massive integral part of your sort of upbringing in life. And is that, do you think why you sort of went into PT? That's, that was the question. It wasn't too, um, too exciting. Yeah. I mean, both my, so my dad was obviously an Olympic athlete. My mum was a PT and she did as like, well? she does, um, yeah, she, yeah. And she does GP referral. So she works with, with athletes actually, if they are, which is not how my parents met, but if anyone's injured and whatever, then my mum will help them to rehabilitate from injury and stuff. Um, so both of them certainly, certainly grew up being encouraged to enjoy being active, whether that's climbing trees, playing outside, mm -hmm. playing rounders, whatever, you know, mm -hmm. we were always outside doing stuff. So yes, certainly in that way. And both of my parents have been, um, have very much encouraged that. Um, but none of my parents have ever pushed me into something. So as I said, I actually went into musical theatre and that was what I wanted to do. And my yeah. sister had nothing to do with sport. She went into business. Um, and then it was after after the musical theatre career ended that I had to do something. And the reason I became a PT, I remember so clearly, it was actually my mum. And I had a conversation with her and I said to her, does this actually work? Because I, I can't sell something I don't believe in. Like after leaving the musical theatre industry, I had to go and work at loads of like um uh, I worked for an agency where they sent you out to work like makeup counters and shops and all that sort of stuff. And I was like put on a makeup counter and with 24 hours, they were like expecting me to be like, oh, you want this? It revitalizes your skin and refresh. And I was like, I have no idea what I'm talking about. I'm yeah. just being like, oh, this is the script. And I couldn't do that. I can't sell something I don't believe in. Mm -hmm. And so I, so I said to my mom, is this real? Can I actually help someone with exercise? Is it that simple that look, you know, you come to me, you've got an injury or you've got this and I can actually help you feel and move better and have a better quality of life. And she was like, Shakira, it's actually real. If you learn your stuff, it's real and you can really change people's lives. So I was like, okay. So that's what I then did. And then, um, when I had been PTing for a while and I PTed women, um, I remember say, hearing that only 5% of fitness industry professionals at that stage were trained in pre and postnatal, which is crazy because so often women will be pre or postnatal at some Absolutely, stage in their of life. Course, yeah. Um, and so then I decided to train in that special population and put all my focus into that. And then I had my own children and, you know, combined my personal experience with my professional expertise. And, and that was kind of where things started from. Awesome. I think it's, I love pre and postnatal because I think it's such an amazing time because often it's when women first start to actually look into fitness because, um, yeah. oh, I'm pregnant. I don't want to put on too much weight or something like that. But actually then they get hooked and they realize how amazing mm. it is. And then suddenly they're working out in front of their children and their children then watch, you know, the fitness is part of their children's life. Whereas before it never was. I just think it's such a, it's just such a key time. And if we, if we, if, if women can get hooked, <laughs> if they can um, get addicted at the right time, which is generally through, um, people like you, someone who's who's trained, actually knows what they're talking about, and can really encourage and um, 
I just think it's amazing. So really good. Yeah, absolutely. Good I mean, thank you. But exactly as you said, I mean, firstly, lots of women feel when they when they fall pregnant, they want to create this really great environment for their baby. Mm. And part of what I want to try to achieve is that, as you said there, that postnatally that doesn't fade. So it's not just mm. about creating this healthy environment for your baby, which of course is a, is a priority, but also finding that love to want to do that for yourself and then exactly as you just said inspiring the younger generations you know childhood obesity rates are increasing and you know we need to there's social media is great everything media in general great the technology but we also need to you know as I said before we're not we weren't evolved to be influencers we were evolved to be animals so let's go back to that animal instinct let's get outside let's Mm -hmm. be with nature because you will genuinely feel uh, better Mm. No, 100%. Amazing. Is there anything else you would like to say to um, my little podcast population? Sorry for rabbiting on so long. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. I've loved it. I've loved it. (laughs) So if you were to have coffee, do you remember the three questions we spoke a long time ago? Yeah, Yeah. I did. Oh my gosh, I can't remember my answer. No, No, it's okay. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll take my time asking you. If you have to um, have coffee or... um, water or gin I'm sure uh with any yeah. any other female um be alive dead fictional famous um one one wait we can be a couple I don't mind we're easy here gosh I mean gosh I mean hold on the... she's, gonna, she's gonna roll down her, her script again <laughs> I know exactly I'm like, okay I don't know I mean gosh do I do I have one only one no, no, no. Come on. with someone no but as in like sorry my my question is because look, if I could do this a couple of times this week, I'd want to sit down with Meghan Markle and Kate and be like, right, guys, come on, yes. like, tell me the gossip. Like, what's Wouldn't actually going we? on? But I, <laughs> yeah, but that's not going to be, if I've got one chance for this, that's not going to be my answer. No, go on. I'm, I'm going to give you one, one chance. This is it. Oh, gosh. Okay, well, ask me the other two and I'll come back to that. <laughs> about it. In other words, we're going to be sat here for ages and we're just going, oh. Okay, so bearing in mind your mum might be listening. Is there anything you found yourself saying to your children that your mum used to say to you? Yes, absolutely. My mum used to always say to me, she'd always say, fresh air, water and exercise. And I was like, oh, and it didn't matter if I cut myself, if I had a tummy, whatever. She went, just fresh air, water, exercise. And I was like, but but I, my thumb is bleeding. She went, fresh air, water, exercise. Like, that's all you need. Wash it underwater or drink water or whatever. Exercise, get outside, fresh air. And and I it, honestly, that's now my answer to everything. If they're like, oh, I'm tired. I'm like, get outside, fresh air, water, exercise. You feel great. <laughs> so, so that, certainly that. Um, in terms of sitting down with a woman, I wish I could come up with a creative answer. I mean, there are so many inspirational women. I mean, you know, gosh, would I want to sit down with Michelle Obama? Would I want to sit down with the, the list is just endless. But if I had one chance with one woman, such a cheesy answer, but it would be my grandmother who I never met, my mum's mum. I didn't meet my dad's mum either, actually. So feel a bit bad about that. <laughs> but <laughs> I would also want to meet her um, because culturally she came from Nigeria and that would be a really cultural, interesting experience. But um, my mum is a woman who raised me and she's the, um, she's a, a, my sister and my mum are both role models to me, but certainly my mum. And there are things that as I get older and that I now as a mother that I, um, that I experienced that I would, I would love to understand my mum. I would love to understand my mum more differently. And we're very close. So it's not that I'm not close to her, but if I could meet her mum, who I never got a chance to meet, I would love to meet her. I I think it would mean a lot to my mum as well for me to be able to share, you know, everything that's happened in the family. And I would just, I would love the opportunity to sort of, um, yeah, to meet a woman at that time. That's not cheesy at all. Thank you. And, um, 
if you could share any um, mum hack, life hack, um, be it from your own experience or be it from your sort of PT, pre and postnatal fitness experience, or yeah. what would that be? So to me, and I'm speaking specifically to mums who have um, struggled perhaps with anxiety. And for me, um, I would say uh, I had a lot of anxiety with my first pregnancy mm-hmm. and, and child. And I did a lot of work. Often as a mum, you're always told, trust your instincts. You know, if your child's sick, for example, they'll say, oh, yeah, they're probably fine. But, you know, trust your instincts. You're the mum. You'll know. And I, mm. I hated that answer because mm. I was like, well, I don't know because I'm, I'm panicking. And so I had to do a lot of work in being able to differentiate the difference between anxiety thoughts and instinct thoughts. And it took me years to be able to do that because, you know, if my child's sick, is my instinct saying I need to take them to A&E or is it, you know, are they actually, they just got a bit of a temperature and my anxiety is like, quickly, take them to A&E, da, 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 wake them up in the night. Da, da. And I had to work really hard to distinguish where the origin of this thought was coming from. But once I could do that, this twin pregnancy, which was an unexpected pregnancy, it was twins. It was in a global pandemic, you know, it, it work issues, all sorts of stuff. We moved house, all this stuff. My husband couldn't come to the scans, cesarean all of that has been my most positive postnatal experience. And I now see how much enjoyment anxiety robbed me of with my first two in that postnatal period to be able to really enjoy the babies. Mm-hmm. I was just freaked out. And so my advice would really be to, to work on your mental health as well as your physical, but to be able to, um, as I said, just differentiate between that instinct thought and that anxiety thought. And that just, it set me free amazing that's awesome that's that's really really incredible thank you so so much for your time and for fitting me in amongst your busy busy family no (laughs) the kids have done really well I haven't heard them at all no they're still they're still locked outside they're not (laughs) locked out if anyone thinks I've locked my kids out I haven't locked them out but they are still outside um I can I can hear them though amazing that you can't so they're having water fresh air and exercise then that's 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 it yeah exactly It's going to be a great day. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on. Oh, thank you for coming. Oh, it's been a real, real pleasure. Have a super day. Bye. Bye. Take care. I really hope you enjoyed today's podcast and hearing from the amazing Shakira. You can find Shakira on Instagram at shakira.akabusi and her soon-to-be relaunched business account at UK. Let's celebrate normal. Shakira is right. We have not evolved to be influencers on social media. So let's celebrate women in all our glory. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.